Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Seducing Aliveness. So happy you could be here with us as we are talking about the generative nature of living appreciation. And I'm very excited for this topic today. And I am Jen Halterman, one of your hosts, and this is the other one, Tamara Yonker. Welcome, Tamara, to this conversation. I'm excited for today's show. (laughs) Good morning. I was just sitting here thinking how quickly it went from 4 a.m. to 8 a.m., I was like, wow, that was like really fast. Four hours and went really fast. So I know sometimes our shows feel like they go really fast. How about today we just leisurely enjoy the hour? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we don't have to rush. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it feels like five minutes. I'm like, really? It's that? Oh my God, look at the time. (laughs) (laughs) It does. Yeah. Yeah, we we can go slow with this one. And yeah. it's a very interesting, um, you know, to really choose into a week about seducing aliveness through living certain aspects and qualities and engaging in it has been interesting already. Um, yesterday we talked about kindness. Today is appreciation. Tomorrow's vulnerability. Thursday's curiosity. And Friday is play. And thus far the feedback has been that listeners are appreciating the topic, that started the week off and so I just really invite you to come in come in you know get a cup of something that you enjoy cold or warm whatever and just be with this conversation I think that this is there's definitely less push there's more of the just being energy in these conversations and so I hope that you enjoy them as we go through this week because what I've found is every one of the topics for this week, it it is expansive. It is generative. It opens up space. It it definitely feeds the aliveness and that vibration, but it's a calm, almost like there's a calmness to it as it comes. And so I'm excited for these conversations. I love this topic. And yesterday, kindness kept showing up everywhere that I went, social media and stuff, kindness, the word kept showing up. And the feedback was, that when when you were saying, Tamara, it was always there. You just weren't aware of mm. it always being there until you acknowledged it. Yeah. But that was a, a big eye-opener, and a lot of appreciation was expressed for that particular example. So thank you for showing up and being you, and it definitely it filters out to the world. So we're so glad well, you could be here. If you are here and listening live, do try to join us in the chat room. We'd love to see you there. Sorry, go ahead. Mm. Oh, I was just going to say, just as a as a little kind of caveat to yesterday's conversation on kindness, I was talking to someone who listens to the show, and um, I said, because, you know, I shared that it was just in 2012 that I kind of first began discovering kindness, and that's, you know, I'm in my 40s, so that's a lot of life to live before you recognize, before recognizing what kindness is. And I said, I said, you know, here's the interesting thing. I remember when I was a kid, um, I grew up in L.A. until I was nine, and there were two people, two people. One was a woman who lived in my neighborhood down the street. She was a retired teacher, and she sort of um, opened up her home to neighborhood kids. She kind of, her her whole garage was like a playhouse, and she had a chicken coop in the back with uh, that she'd raise chicks all the time, and she had this huge garden with, with, and we used to pick raspberries right off the vine. She'd invite us in for tea. We'd have tea parties and stuff. Anyway, that one woman and then another woman who was a, my piano teacher when I was very young, those are the two people who showed me kindness when I was young, but I didn't know what it was. And because I didn't know, because it was it was an anomaly in my in my world. Like it was it was so 
so strange that I didn't trust it. It was like, what's that? Weird. I don't, I don't know. Like you're nice, but I'm not sure about you. Like it was because it was not the norm. It was something so foreign to me that I didn't trust it. I was very, I remember being very, very, very pulled to it, very drawn to it, very like, um, almost like magnet. Like it, I was magnetized to these two people, but at the same time, there was a sense of trepidation because I was like, I don't know what this is. Like this doesn't feel, um, it wasn't what was, what was normal in my world. And so I didn't trust it. And, uh, I mean, it was just weird to, to consider that it, it was there, but I didn't know what it was and it didn't, and it didn't happen until, you know, many, many, many decades later that I started to actually recognize it and seek it out and cultivate it and say, I'd like more of this in my life, please. Um, so I may not be the only person that has had that type of experience where something, and it wouldn't have to be kindness. It could be all different kinds of energies that they're foreign to you. And so when they show up, they feel odd, foreign, and you almost don't trust them because you're like, um, I don't know what that is. This is weird. Mm-hmm. So just thought that would be a <clears throat> interesting caveat right. to yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I think that is interesting. And to not recognize it, like, what is this? And in my world, I was experiencing pretty much an opposite experience with kindness. I experienced acts of kindness that were insincere. And so there was a sense of this looks really nice, this looks really kind, but I am aware of something that is not true, something in this. There's a have to, there's a should, there's a something. And, and that actually made me doubt myself and thinking I was, you know, judgmental or whatever. And then to, you know, come to find out the backstabbing and the lying and, and people were only doing it because they think they should and that kind of thing that I went, Oh, that's what I was aware of. So I went, I was actually seeking when are people authentically kind as opposed to the acts of kindness, which I think is really the feedback that I heard was that that was what yesterday's show acknowledged that whether, you know, people have not heard that or whether they've said it and, you know, it was just validated for them or whatever it was, it doesn't matter. But what it is, is there is a difference in being and doing. You can absolutely be in a state of something and do from that state and authenticity goes with it. But if you are, your state of being is, separate from is different in contrast to what it is you are doing that creates the sensation of inauthenticity of something is not right. It doesn't feel seamless or flowing or, or whatever that is. It's inconsistent. And that, that is what a lot of people don't know how to identify. And so as we look at this, this week to me is all about how do we be all of these states of being whatever it is for you, so that whatever you're doing in the world, it goes with it. Hmm. And that, that to me, yeah, that's the invitation. Go ahead. I was just going to say, that's that distinction that we were talking about yesterday, and I was describing how um, people sort of like, they have this pop where all of a sudden they've been paying attention to people's behavior and not looking at the energy behind it, like you were just saying, Someone can act kind, they can do acts that were, you know, appear nice or kind or whatever, but energetically there's, an, there's a whole manipulative machination behind it. There's an agenda, there's try, they're trying to get something. So if you're, if, you're, if, you're just, if you're just evaluating based on somebody's acts and you're not looking at the energy, you might miss the whole big picture. And that's what I was sharing yesterday where people will pop into like the the energy of something they've been they've been functioning from the thinking piece where they're looking at something and they're evaluating they're like oh that person's so nice because they do x y and z versus recognizing what's really the energy as you always say it's not what you do it's why you do it or how you do it um so the energy is the distinction and when people um i was just talking to a a client yesterday who's been having this experience and now sees it everywhere and he's just absolutely amazed at being in the world now and having it's like it's like a layer of um a capacity to to perceive things that he did not previously um acknowledge was there 
and he and he's just sharing story after story after story. He's like, you know, I used to would have done this. This would have happened. I would have done this. I would have responded this way. This is, and now that he sees this whole other other overlay of the energy, it's like it's just. I mean, he can't. He's ecstatic. He can't like share his excitement fast <laughs> enough. <laughs> so it really does change everything when you um, get out of that, because that, to me, that's the layer of mythology, and you can actually start to see what's really going on, and um, that's that's the game changer for me when you're no longer living at the effect of something, when you're no longer playing the victim. You're actually having a direct experience that allows you to be present every mo- in every moment and fluid to life as it's arising. Like we talked about this last week, you're actually present with life as it's arising, and having direct experience of it that allows you to meet every moment as if it's a novel new moment. You have no, you're not, you're not relying on your reference, reference library of all your memories and conclusions and oh, and that's what happened last time, and I have to protect against that. You're right here, right now with what is. Mm-hmm. Big difference. Yeah, it's very <clears throat> powerful. And mm-hmm. as we go into today's topic, I I really um, appreciation is one of my favorite things and. I have so many conversations with people who, you know, they they express gratitude, they they express how they live in a state of gratitude. They have so much gratitude for everything that they receive and I love that. I I don't I don't want to um make it sound as if I think that gratitude isn't wonderful. But the the what I just the reason I choose appreciation is I am I have so much gratitude for things and when I overflow with gratitude then I become actually the contribution to the value increasing of the gratitude like and that's when it that's what appreciation is it's actually increasing the value of or contributing to that which you appreciate that which you have gratitude for and so when we talk about how it's generative by nature it is because we are contributing. A lot of times I am, I'm so thankful. I have so much gratitude for this is an acknowledgement of what has been received. And, and what is given back is that, okay, I have gratitude for this, an acknowledgement. And when we go to appreciation, it is a contributing to. And so one way that, you know, you might consider this is there is a plant in our hallway. We have plants all over the place, but there's one particular plant in the hallway that I walk by numerous times in the day, and I will stop and be like, hey, thanks. You know, you survived some harsh temperatures. You've really been thriving, you know, like you struggled for a while, and you're, now you're trying so hard. And I'll look at it, and I can have gratitude for that plant all day. I can go out in the yard. I can have gratitude. Oh, my gosh, I'm so thankful that I get to sit out here in this yard that's so beautiful. And the moment that I overflow with that gratitude is when I notice, and I could water you and increase what I am so grateful for. I could contribute to you by noticing that you're getting too much direct sunlight and you need to be moved to the shade a little bit for a few hours a day. I could notice what would actually contribute to the aliveness of the thing that I am having gratitude about. And, and that is where I notice it generates more you know, I've been in classes where people will say, that was the best class. Oh, my gosh, this was the best class ever, as they get up and they walk out of the room at the end of a class. And then there are those who say, this was an amazing class. How can I be of service to the instructor? And they'll say, well, you know, I'd love if the room was cleaned up. Oh, yeah, I could appreciate the class by caring for the environment the class is presented in. I can appreciate my house by caring for it, not just being thankful that I live in it. And and that's the gener it does it generates more, more and more and more. And so that's really what I this show feels like to me is where am I stopping at just having like this internal appreciation or gratitude and not realizing that there is something I can contribute. And what is that like for, for the listeners? What, how does that land? And how do you express that? How do you overflow in gratitude so that it turns into appreciation? There are so many ways this can happen. And I just wonder, 
where do we stop personally? Where's that place we stop, and are we willing to overflow? Yeah, and definitely, for sure. I love the uh, illustrations that you've given, and it doesn't have to be in an action at all. That's the thing about appreciation is it can be it can be many things. It can be it can be. Um, I mean, there's been examples where I would be in a room where there's things going on and, you know, it could be a class, could be a class, could be an event mm-hmm. of some kind, and people will come up to me and they'll sit, they'll actually acknowledge me, not for what I did, but for the energy I was being. And so that, that appreciation can also just be in the energy that you're, because to me, contribution is the simultaneousness simultaneity, mm-hmm. there we go, of gifting and receiving. So it's actually being an energy that's in, mo- in motion, it's an energy mm-hmm. that's in motion. So I'm not just sitting there like static. And I think that's sometimes right. what people will um, not get about the energy of being. It's not static. It's actually in motion all the time. Even though I might be sitting here mm-hmm. in a chair, not moving, not doing anything, the energy I'm being is in motion. It's a simultaneity right. of gifting and receiving. And I and what comes to me immediately is um, another conversation I was having yesterday after our show talking about how um, I lived for 15 years at Lake Tahoe, and during that time, uh, nature was my teacher. I spent so much time out in the wilderness, out in the, in the you know, at the top of mountains, uh, at, at mountain lakes alone, um, mostly alone. Sometimes I hiked with other people or even just in my backyard or in my driveway um, where I didn't, I didn't walk into the woods one day and say, hey, nature, will you be my teacher? It's just something that happens <laughs> spontaneously and organically. Right. Um, <clears throat> and it was such a beautiful thing. It was like, you know, you go out in nature and you think all of this, there's a tree, there's rocks, there's, it's just inanimate objects. Oh, no. <laughs> very alive. Very, 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 I can't say very enough at how alive nature is. And when you, I mean, there were never words. It was not, I didn't have conversations with the trees and the rocks and the and the rivers and the streams and the and the and the lakes and so forth, but there was something, again, it was sort of that attunement, that tuning fork. I was, I allowed myself to be aware of the energy, say, a tree was being, and it's not static. It is in motion all the time. There's that same contributing energy of being and receiving that's happening all the time if you allow yourself to notice. And and I was like, oh, well, I can do that too. Like, you know, I say do, even though I'm not doing anything. It's a, it's a space of being that allows you to be in motion where you're actually in that kind of, we've talked about this before, in that dance with life. So it can be, it can be simply contributing, like I'll be driving down the, the road sometimes and, you know, say you see somebody who's got a flat tire or they've got their hood up, you know, some kind of car trouble or whatever, I don't. I can't necessarily stop and help them, but I can contribute mm-hmm. energetically. I can. I can actually be a contribution energetically without having to do anything. So being really acknowledging of of both and you know all of these different ways that we can contribute, um, because so many times people don't acknowledge that they they don't think their energy does anything. They don't acknowledge it. They're right. like, well, if I'm not doing something physically then i'm not contributing i'm not doing anything and it's like oh yes you are you are actually right. an enormous contribution energetically we just don't we're not used to acknowledging that part because consensus reality doesn't acknowledge that doing is is the higher you know the high it, we, it's it's what we put up on a pedestal and we say oh look at all those people who do so much yes <laughs> and yeah. We can be an enormous <laughs> contribution simply with the energy we're being. So, <clears throat> I think that's that is so important. I love that because it, you know it doesn't matter what it is. If you are sitting, yep. if, or if you're putting away chairs, if you're watering a plant, the energy and that why and and how that energetic of whatever it is is there. It's not. It's not, I mean, it may be invisible to some and they may pretend like they aren't aware of the energetics, but it's there. It is part of it. And that, I do, I love that example of driving by and contributing energetically. There's nothing physically I could do and I can energetically contribute. 
I do that all mm-hmm. the time. In uh, you know, I'll be in a grocery store or something, and you see um, a tense tension between perhaps a parent and a child, or and it's just like, hmm, wonder what kind. Con- and and here's the thing: this is the this is another distinction. It's not like, oh, look, that's an awful situation. I'm going to contribute. I just get mm-hmm. into the curiosity of it, and it's like, hmm, I wonder what contribution I can be. Because there's that, we've talked about the, the drama triangle, right? And if I think that that is an awful situation and somebody needs to be saved and there's some problem there, something needs to be fixed, I'm right back on the drama triangle. But if I see something and I just go, hmm, I wonder what contribution I can be to that, then I'm not thinking about it. I'm not right. getting in my head and back on the whole, you know, good, bad, right, wrong <clears throat> uh, dichotomy of the whole thing. I'm just simply asking, what contribution can I be? I wonder, you know, like this is not for me to decide who needs what, when, how much. It's not if I, I mean, my my life has increased dynamically the more I get my head out of the way. The more I, the, the, <laughs> the less I think I know what should be done and who needs to be fixed and helped and all of that stuff. And I just... Um, I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever shared this story before, but it was a, it was a really um, wonderful awakening to that when I took a job once upon a time, and I thought I was going to come in and save the day. I was like, oh, they really need my skills. I'm perfect for this job. I have all the qualifications to fix everywhere this company is fucked up. And I did. I, I walked in there like I was going to be the savior, and I was going to save the day, and it went horrifically <laughs> <laughs> because it was force energy. It was total force energy. When I think I'm going to get in there and I'm, I've got the, you know, I'm, I'm the answer to your problem, that's force energy. And I remember it was a few months in before it, it clicked, and I was like, oh, whoops, look at me. <laughs> and it was a wonderful, wonderful awakening to realize that was the energy I was functioning from. It wasn't about what I was doing. It was about how I was doing it. So I kept doing the exact same thing in the exact same way and shifted the energy. And instead of being like, I am here to save the day and I'm going to fix your problem, I was like, hmm, I I wonder what energy I can contribute here. Mm -hmm. And everything changed. I didn't change what I was doing. I still did the work. Didn't change what I was doing. Totally changed the energy I was being. And everything shifted. Everything shifted. Yeah, I I think there's such a gift in being able to show up and be the contribution that you be, whatever it is, whether doing is involved or not. It doesn't. That's not what is important. What is important is, are you there to be a contribution? And that is from a space of like no attachment, not attached. You know that that. I love the example of I'm here to save the day. I'm going to save this whole company because they're just fucked up and I can do it. And (laughs) how you realize, oh, wait a minute, that is not actually the contribution I want to be. And I think of how often that happens. Somebody shows up, they've decided what's needed. They've decided who's going to get what because they're going to inflict it on them. And then they are so appalled by the lack of receiving that somebody can do with what they didn't even desire to receive. And it just furthers judgment. And this is what we're talking about is can you be that space? You know, I participate in a a coaching group that uh, once a week we get on calls and you can volunteer to be in the hot seat. You can, if you have a coaching request, you can, but then there's the rest who are witnessing, who are being the space of possibility and just observing and, you know, with curiosity, seeing where the coaching actually applies to them, their personal experiences and such. And at the end of a call recently, I received a message from um, one of the participants who said, I am so amazed by how much I receive by you just being there. You're just being there. You're sitting on a yoga ball, you're rocking back and forth, and you're, you've got a pleasant look on your face, but I I was having a bad day and I just thought all I'm going to do is she made my my image bigger on her computer and she just sat there and she said I don't know if you know it or not but I just sat with you for the whole call now I didn't know that 
I didn't. Ha- I couldn't see. You know, like, oh, I'm helping her. I, you know, mm-hmm. I'm here for her today. No, my whole intention was, you know, hi, I'm here. I'm here to see what there is for he- for me to receive and to be whatever it is that is required of me. And that was it. Like I had no attachment. In fact, she could have gone on and said nothing to me about her experience, and I never would have known because I wasn't there to get to get that back from anybody, to be validated. Instead, I was just there, and I was in such appreciation for the fact that I wasn't facilitating. <laughs> Not going to lie. Um, <laughs> I was like, I love being in this group, <laughs> and I was just giving myself that experience of, I'm going to, you know, participate in this group, not as a facilitator. And that's actually something that is me showing appreciation for me, saying everything that I do in the world is not about what it is that I am facilitating. But there's times that I choose into something because I know that there is communion there. And I'm not attached to if it's giving, receiving, or it doesn't matter. It's all part of it. And that's the appreciation I have for it. It's all there, and I am there to participate. And I'm not keeping score. There's not a scale about fairness. It is just, you know, being in that space of appreciation. Yeah. I have worked with so many people. This is a theme that comes up over and over and over again over the years because this this consensus sort of reality tends to be rather utilitarian, as we were just talking about, like all of the value is placed in doing. So if you're not doing anything, you might be lazy, you might be good for nothing, you might be, you know, like what, do you, what, what have you done for me lately? You know, that kind of thing. It's all the value is placed in doing, and very little is acknowledged in the energy of what, we, of what we're being. So I'd love to see that change in the world, frankly. <laughs> Just start acknowledging the, the energy that we be and what contribution that is. So a lot of people that I've worked with feel like they're not being a contribution or they can't be a contribution if they don't know what to do. Well, I don't know what to do, so mm-hmm. I'm sitting here feeling helpless. I had mm-hmm. this just the other day myself. My partner has... Um, have a, a really painful, painful elbow. He doesn't really know what's causing it. It's just like he woke up Saturday morning in a lot, a lot, a lot of pain. And um, the more he kept, you know, he just, he would, he would, you know, he'd move and he'd wince. And it was just like, like, I couldn't, you can't help not notice when you're with somebody. It was just like, oh yeah, he's got, a, he's in a lot of pain. And so I found myself getting increasingly uncomfortable. And I was like, and I, you know, so I get curious, I check in, what's going on, what's the discomfort, because that's not, that's a, that's a, it's like there's a disturbance in the force, what is that? So um, we were getting in the car, we were driving in the car, and, and I just, it was like, oh, I got it, I got what that energy is. And I said to him, I said, you know, I just want to, I just want to share with you, and this is part of me, vulnerability re- revealing, this is just how I live now, I just said, you know, I notice when you're in pain, and, and it's not just this time. There are other times when he's been in pain or other people have been in pain or whatever. But I notice when you're in pain, I feel like what was coming up was this feeling of helplessness because I don't know what to do to contribute. You know, I, I, if, if I could, you know, I'd just snap my fingers, wave my magic wand, and you would be in pain anymore, you know. Like, so I was just <laughs> noticing, I was like, oh, wow, I am noticing this energy of that's the discomfort. That was the disturbance in the force that was coming up for me was all of this like feeling of helplessness because I didn't know what to do. And it was like, I can't contribute because I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do kind of thing. And and I was like, as soon as I acknowledged that, as soon as I just said it out loud to him, and he didn't really say anything. He didn't have to say anything. It wasn't about having a conversation. It was just sort of getting that speaking it, revealing it, and it to myself, him, whatever, mostly to myself. And then my whole body was at ease again. And I was like, oh, thank you. Because it's not what we do always that's the contribution. So, so many people in this utilitarian world, if I don't know what to do, I feel like I can't be or I don't know how to be a contribution. So, this <clears throat> appreciation, I, I love bringing all of this like into the conversation and kind of showing perhaps how uh, these things wouldn't have perhaps been brought together. 
because one of the things that I notice is in um, there's a this word service, this term service, you know, being of service or uh, serving, or it can lead into pleasing, or, you know, there's different ways that we can talk about it, but I want to just talk about it in one kind of particular way right now. There's a lot of people who will do things and then wait for somebody to appreciate them. You know, I'm going to do this and this and this and this, and then I'm waiting. Where's the thank you? Where's the appreciation? After everything I've done for you, you never thank me. You never appreciate me. You know, blah, 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 blah. That, that kind of thing goes on. And and what I what I look at when that's – it's like what's the energy there? Yes, you're doing all these acts, but what's the energy that you're doing the acts with? Because if appreciation is present – if I'm doing things for other people, if I'm cooking for them, if I'm, uh, you know, running an errand for them, if I'm, what, like, whatever I'm doing, if I'm doing it with true appreciation and gratitude, there's never a waiting for a thank you. There's never a waiting for someone to pat me on the head and say, good job. There's never a waiting for somebody to acknowledge what I did for them because I'm actually doing it out of a, my own intrinsic desire to contribute which could be you know, perceived as of being of service. I've, I've worked in many, many environments, organizations, jobs, all kinds of environments where service is um, part of the environment. And it's amazing to me, you will have the people who are there and they're, <clears throat> and they're completely there because they want to be there. They, their, their desire is to be there. Their desire is to contribute and it's just there's there's no complaining coming out of them there's no distress coming it's just a very easeful space of contribution because they're appreciating themselves they're appreciating the situation they're appreciating their desire to be of you know contribution to be of service whatever you want to call it and then there might be other people who are there for all kinds of different reasons they're there to prove something they're there to you know get something <clears throat> and energetically, we can notice the difference. You can notice the difference. If you are in, uh, at, in tune, attuning yourself to notice the difference rather than just looking at the acts, you will notice the difference in the way people operate. And, and what I see is there's the, something about the generative nature <clears throat> of someone who's contributing for their pure delight and desire to do so that's a more magnetic, attractive um, energy. So it generates, it generates people will, you know, they'll, they'll, it's almost like it's contagious. Somebody else has comes along and say, it's like I'm having so much uh, fun in, in contributing because I'm doing it wholly and totally from intrinsic desire that somebody else comes along and they're like, oh, hey, can I help too? What are you, what are you guys doing? Can I contribute? Versus a, another energy where somebody's doing it with, with an agenda, they're doing it to prove something or get something, that doesn't have that same magnetic, attractive quality, so it's not generative. It doesn't create more in the process of being that energy. <clears throat> I see that all the time. So it's, again, it's just about recognizing what's the energy I'm being while I'm doing the thing I'm doing. <clears throat> right. You know, it, it really makes me think about, Sherry and I went to lunch not too long ago at this restaurant, and there was this gentleman. He was, I, I mean, if he need his job was being a busser. However, I felt like the moment we walked in, he was aware of our presence. He was keeping the whole restaurant flowing, the whole side that we were on, just flowing seamlessly. And never was there a begrudging, you know, side comment or anything he was talking with the the you know patrons he was talking with the servers he was speaking to the the hostesses and he was just flowing it was just like an orchestra when he made his way to our table to remove some plates I thanked him for his service I said thank you so much I just am really enjoying you and he said well it's my pleasure to make your lunch time go as smooth mm -hmm. as possible so you can get back to your day and he meant it. 
Like mm-hmm. he didn't, you know, have you ever done that where you say something, somebody like, this is really lovely. And then they unload all the bitches that they've been holding back mm-hmm. for an hour about all their, you know, coworkers <laughs> and, oh yeah, it looks good. But let me tell you what, it's been crazy in here. You know, like he was like, oh, it's my pleasure to get you back to your day in the best mm-hmm. way possible. And he meant it. And I observed mm-hmm. him and it was, it was almost like, and this is what was funny is I found myself drawn to observe him, drawn to con- to really observe the kindness he was exuding in everything he did because it was so inviting. Mm-hmm. It was so inviting. And I thought it was interesting because here Sherry and I are together and we're having this lovely conversation and, and we're we're in a great space and awesome gentle conversations and all this stuff. And yet I kept like, so what I did was I, joined, you know, I invited her to join me. I'm like, have you noticed this guy? And she, then she joined me in the appreciation of him and his amazing service. And and I just think of that every time. And I think, you know, he was being that way whether he was speaking with somebody or not. It was his energetic being. Mm-hmm. And it was generating more. And mm-hmm. I think to myself, okay, we've talked about this. And listeners are listening. And then I think, what what would be the way for you to, to practice this? You know, like, how what how do you practice this? Because that's the common thing. So what do we do? Okay, this is great. Nice idea. Now, how do I do this? And so what I would recommend and the tidbit I would give the listeners is, you know, set an intention. Like, what energy do you want to practice being so that you can, you know, universe, show me, show me what it is like to be the energy of, you know, mischievousness, something that stands out, mischievousness or use playfulness or kindness, whatever it is for this day and everything that I do and everything that I be. And then go about your day and see what comes to you and see if people, you know, notice it. Because sometimes I set that intention for myself and I forget that I did. I forget that that's my that was like my morning prayer. If you, you know, want to use the word prayer, just sending out a, this is what I'd like to create today. This is my target for today is to be the space of this. And how many times a stranger will say, you just are so pleasant. And I'll be like, oh, pleasant was my word today. I forgot. Thank you. Like the acknowledgement is what actually reminds me that that is exactly what I intended on creating and being and just contributing to the world. And so invite it, do it on purpose. Call it in. Say, universe, show me what it is to be this energy. It might bring it to you in somebody else being that energy. So this is yeah. foreign to you, and you're like, I don't know how to do that. What would I do? There's there's a way you can do it. That's one suggestion. The, the, the thing that occurs to me um, is that a lot of people, because I use the word generative all the time, and sometimes people will say, Okay, hang on, stop. What does that mean? Because that's not a. It wasn't a common word for me, um, you know, ten years ago. I don't think I ever said that word. Um, wasn't in vocabulary. Wasn't in my world at all. And so now, sometimes when I'm talking, people will stop me and they'll say, "Well, wait, wait. What do you mean by generative?" And I think that's a really wonderful illustration as you were talking about the server, because I think everyone's had that experience. Um, just illustratively, to to recognize in your life when do you notice. When somebody is delighted to be doing what they're doing, and in service in a, in a restaurant, that's one of those places you can tell. Not long ago, my partner and I went out to dinner, and I mean, this experience. This woman was there to gather her paycheck, and that was it. Like you can tell, you can see the contrast of somebody who's just like, you know, I'm here, I'm taking your order, I'm just trying to get through my day, I just want to get my paycheck, you know, I got 8 million other things on my mind, I'm not even present, versus somebody else who's delighted in your, like in your in your illustrative story about being there. Like they, they're present, they're there, they're fully, it's, it's their pleasure, it's their pleasure to be mm-hmm. doing what they're doing. That is generative energy. So if people are wondering, you know, what what is generative, there's a natural essence to it. It's not something that's being forced. 
It's not something that's being um, uh, like a machination, manipulation. I'm not doing this to get something. It's totally natural, completely natural. It comes from an intrinsic space of desire. And and outward um, validation isn't required. So Mm -hmm. asking yourself what, I mean, to me, sometimes it helps to recognize what's in the way. What's in the way? If I'm struggling, because struggle is um, if, is what's not natural, right? Like if you're doing something naturally, you're not thinking about it. You're never thinking about it. Mm-hmm. You're just naturally being it. So I love what you said. You know, you asked, you set that target, you made that prayer, you, that intention, whatever words you want to use for the day, and then you're just being it. You didn't think about it. You didn't think about it, and then somebody said something to you about being, you know, pleasant, and you were like, and you were, and you were reminded because you weren't thinking about it all day. It was something you asked for, something you set the intention for, something you made your target, and then you just went about your day being it. If we're thinking right. about all all day long, then there's some sort of struggle going on, and I would ask, what is it that's um, the like? What's the speed bump? For me, mm-hmm. if there's if I'm if I'm struggling, I'm fighting against myself. And if I'm fighting against myself, then there's something there's something there. Mm-hmm. And it helps me to ask a question, to get curious about what's the thing that's creating this inner struggle within myself. And if I can have some sort of uh, awareness about what that is, whatever that inner struggle is, then I know I have choice. Oh, blah, 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 blah is going on in my head. Do I want to keep buying that story or do I want to choose something different? And just as I shared in, you know, as I was in the car and I noticed there was some sort of, you know, disturbed energy in my, you know, I was, there was something going on and I started asking questions. As soon as I realized, oh, I have this like, you know, feeling of helplessness going on. As soon as I acknowledge that, gone evaporated and it was back to the natural space of being because I had some sort of story going on that made me feel helpless in that moment. As soon as I acknowledged it, it was gone. So there are ways that you can, if you're, if you're noticing, if you have a, um, I mean, I'm, I'm very attuned now to my, uh, to my energy, very, very attuned. After years and years and years and years and years of practice, I'm very attuned. So if there's a disturbance in the force, I know it pretty much immediately. I might have to ask mm-hmm. a few questions before I uh, notice what that is. Um, but you can ask, and then discover that you have choice around something. Right. <clears throat> Absolutely. I think that's beautiful. For, just to be aware, like, what's in the way? Because if it doesn't feel natural, and I think that that's a really good thing that you bring up, it, it is about the natural state of being. It's not about a fake state of being. To be in appreciation and fake appreciation, that's gross. <laughs> I don't even have an eloquent word for that. That feels horrible if you've ever experienced it. Um, and so to really consider what would it be to be so natural that you're not thinking about it, that state of being, and what expresses through that. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's that's the whole thing. If, if you're, what you were just saying, uh, a fake appreciation, well, that is the very essence of trying to approve something. If you're if you're like oh I got to do this and I got to you know like we're right back to I'm doing all of these acts because I'm trying to prove something that right. you can't you can't fake this stuff <laughs> right no this is the whole thing about the distinction you can't fake this stuff it's either it's either naturally emanating from you and arising in a space of uh, of uh, absence of, you know, uh, machinations or you're doing it for an out for a reason. You're doing it for an outcome. You're trying to prove something or get something. It's very simple. It is actually very, very, very simple. You're either doing it to prove something or get something. 
or or it's this natural space that just arises and there's no need to get validation from someone else or something else or you know, trying to prove something so you can walk around and say, look what I did. So this is the key. This is really the key, and, and that's why I, you know, I bring up that whole thing. If you're noticing that there's a struggle, what are you struggling against? Because just as an example, a lot of people, if, if, if their whole resentment is that, you know, I do everything for everybody all the time, and they've, they've created themselves as the, um, as the servant, you've taken on that role, and then here we are talking about like doing things in gratitude and appreciation simply from inherent desire, that is a long bridge. That is a very long bridge. <laughs> Someone is likely, not going to, but is likely going to have a hard time doing something from gratitude and appreciation if you've placed yourself in the role of servant and, and martyr for most of your life. So, you, you know, we're talking about this and you think, okay, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do this, and then you're finding yourself just being resentful and pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> There's some work to be done. <laughs> so... So being mm-hmm. aware of what is not flowing naturally is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful signal to look at, you know, a lot of what we've been talking about over the last weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Where am I fighting against myself? What have I got going on that's not allowing me to be naturally something because I'm struggling against myself to do and get and prove? Mm-hmm. Right. Which is which is really why it's such a gift that we have all those shows about, you know, our orientation and breaking up with things and all of that because it's it's all of those things that are in the way of of these experiences that we're inviting this week. There's mm-hmm. you know, if you find yourself with resentment, a lot of times that does come from expectation. You know, and sometimes you have to actually attempt to, to be of service or, or do something kind or, or express appreciation or something to realize that what's sitting on top of that is resentment. And that's where that yeah. is at. That's where the the energy is kind of tucked under that. Which yeah. is why a lot of times when somebody offers something and they get such a pushback response, it's because people are pushing back at the energy not at the act. Sometimes it's the act, yes, but a lot of times it's the energy underneath the act. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh yeah. I mean, I, I have resp- I've had people try and do things for me from that uh, proving energy, and mm-hmm. I will I will say something. I will say, you know, I really appreciate you know your your caring to blah 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 whatever you're doing, and um, I I got it. Right, I got it. And well, I was just trying to help. <laughs> yeah, that's not a place of generative contribution. If mm-hmm. there's a reaction of that nature when someone says thank you, but no thank you, that is not a generative contribution. That's doing to prove, doing to get. One of them. Something that yep. um, came up in the in the chat room. I'd love to just spoke at for a second resentment comes from expectations right and uh it can it can however uh expectations are often that uh that uh projection of of somebody else's response it's somebody else's responsibility to create my experience for me so i see resentment showing up mainly when people refuse to choose something different for themselves take responsibility for themselves if we're resenting that any resentment that's directed toward another is gently about blame. It's about like, you're not doing what I want you to do. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not taking responsibility for creating my experience for myself. So now I'm going to direct my anger and resentment toward you because I've placed you as the one responsible for it. And you're not doing what I want you to do. Mm -hmm. Resentment's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. Yeah. And, and if, somebody's letting you down on the expectations you have that's that'll pretty well trigger it that resentment that flare-up whatever it is and and I think that's why it's not it's not just one way you know we give so many examples and so many different situations because it's not one way I mean people walk around with different cocktails you know simmering inside (laughs) themselves all the time Oh, they do it's like (laughs) 
you can shake it up and you know some people have anger and sadness as a cocktail and that's their state of being a lot of times and sometimes it's you know the proof and insecurity and sometimes it's all of the I'm right and I'm also really insecure and and so there's not just one way and that's I I think that for myself I have really come to this place of like the moment that I think that I have defined something so that I know the absolute answer for it is the moment that I, I cut myself off from the curiosity, wonder, and expansion that I could be choosing. It's when I think I've decided something that I cut myself off. And so to be in, yep, that's one way, and yeah, there's a million others, is really where I keep getting more and more awareness. It's mm. in the conclusions that I cut myself off. Yep. And and the thing the thing that I see is that there are energies that can express in a countless number of ways. So the thing is, you may be aware of an energy, but you have no idea how that energy is going to express. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the fun part is being aware of an energy. Like this is this is what's really fun for me is uh, you know as a facilitator or a coach. Uh, a lot of people will be looking at, you know, behaviors. They'll be looking at uh, body language or they'll be looking at, um, you know, something that, that and, and they'll address that. And I go, well, let's look at the energy of this. So you can look at mm-hmm. the energy of something and that energy can express, again, in countless ways. So if you're, exactly what you're talking about, Jen, if you're grabbing onto one thing and you're saying, oh, this means this, correlation does not necessarily equal causality (laughs) correlation does not always equal causality so if you're saying oh this then that means that blah 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 blah. it's like no but you can generally look at the energy of something and start asking questions from the place of the energy and the person will lead themselves back to um no, no matter how that how that's expressing no matter how that energy is expressing it will lead you back to the awareness of the energy rather than the myriad ways it's expressing. And that is super fun. I I had somebody get really, really, really angry at me one time um, because she had done an excellent job. This was a a coaching program. It was in years ago, and we were doing – we had broken up into – teams where we were doing or or dyads i guess where we were doing we were doing pure coaching so she this woman was expert at deluding herself into thinking she was a certain type of person the way she defined herself right and mm-hmm. so as you know we're we're going through the you know what do you want to be coached on whatever through the through the process and so immediately i picked up on an energy of safety like she had oriented we've talked about this on the show what do you orient yourself mm-hmm. toward and so I immediately right. I picked up, I'm like, oh, there's a, she orients around safety. Now, I don't know how that looks in her life. I don't have a freaking clue. I just met her. <laughs> like we were, this was early on in the coaching program. But I tapped into that energy. And so as I was doing the coaching, I just kept asking questions that, for me, were the inquiry of, like, what does it look like in your life to orient around safety? So I just kept asking questions related to that. And and the more she kept answering the questions, she started revealing to herself where she was orienting around safety. And I shit you not, within five minutes, this woman wanted to punch me. She wanted to punch me because she did not believe that. Like she had constructed this whole reality about herself that that's not the way she operated. And just in five minutes of asking her questions, because I was aware that she oriented around safety and just asked her questions to see if she was willing to reveal that to herself. Oh my God, did she want to punch me? She got so, 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 so mad. Well, now Mm -hmm. fast forward a few months later, she, I was like two months later, maybe she came back to me and she gave me the biggest hug. And she said, I am so grateful to you for asking those questions that revealed to me where I was deluding myself because she didn't know. And as long as she didn't know, she was going to keep doing it and thinking that her life, she was creating her, her life in a certain way. She had no clue. So this is the thing about energy versus evaluation 
if you lock onto something in an evaluative way and then you say, oh, yes, well, correlation equals causality, and then you just make that a conclusion, you won't really know what's underneath it all. You've got to ask the questions to see how the energy is expressing. It's really fun, actually. <laughs> it actually really is. And, and it's part of my experience is a gifted facilitator does not stick to definitions. They follow nope. the energy. Yep. Like the best facilitators I've ever seen in life, in a family, in a workshop, whatever it is, is their job is to facilitate the transformation, the change, the experience, whatever is going on there. And they will follow the energy. They will not follow a have to or a should or an outline or some rigid program. They will follow the energy. And I know that for myself, you know, sometimes when I am not following the energy, I'll miss that, you know, people are done or I will not be aware that they're, they got stuck and hung up a certain way back because the um, behavior doesn't give it away. The energy does. Mm-hmm. And yep. sometimes it takes a while for that energy to catch up to the behavior. If I'm only looking at body language, if I'm only looking at their behavior or listening to their words and are they answering right, mm-hmm. I will miss the energy, the moment it shifted, that it's going to take a while for all of that to express through other other means of expression that they've got. Where as a facilitator, it's really a gift to be able to witness somebody facilitate the energy of the space versus the logistics of the space. And for myself, that is something that I've been, you know, I still practice. I practice it all the time. I still am like, okay, hold on. Am I doing logistics or am I doing energy? You know, am I looking at facts or am I looking at, you know, mm-hmm. have to truth or am I following the energy? If I follow the energy, it is always smooth sailing. Even when things appear to logistically go awry, if I'm following the energy, it is never a problem when I don't follow the logistics. It's always yeah. smooth. And that, to me, is expressing appreciation for the energy that's there because I'm engaged with it. I'm not just looking at it, pointing at it, saying, that's really good. I'm engaged with it. I'm, it's a communion. It is generative. It, the more that I'm engaged with it, the more it creates. And it just keeps flowing forward. And that is a choice I'm willing to make. That makes my life easeful and fun and a lot more simple. And there's a lot more play and laughter. And that's my target. And so that's yeah. simply yeah. something I choose. That's how I approach it. And and in the example that I just shared where, you know, I'm in that coaching program doing that, that exercise with that woman, if I didn't have total appreciation for her exactly as she was completely, 100%, I couldn't have done what I did. I appre- Like, I didn't have any agenda. I didn't have any point of view. I didn't have – none of that was present. I was just being curious. I, I noticed an energy. I was curious about the energy. I asked questions. I had – absolutely no outcome in mind. I had no, nothing. There was nothing there but simple appreciation for this person sitting in front of me exactly as they are. She asked me to facilitate her around a thing. God knows, I don't remember what the thing was. I have no idea. It was irrelevant. (laughs) Whatever she presented with didn't matter. It absolutely didn't Mm -hmm. matter. Like, here's my thing that I want to be coached with. Okay, whatever. I just asked questions based on the energy that I was aware of. But I couldn't have done that without total appreciation for her. And this is exactly what I did for myself for years. That space of allowance and appreciation and gratitude for me as I am in that moment showing up, no expectations, no judgment, no, oh, I should be this way and not that way. I'm off the drama triangle. I'm just being present with me and I'm curious. So that same energy that I had practiced being with me for so many years, if I hadn't practiced being that with me, I couldn't have sat there with that woman and be that energy with her, for her, as her. No separation, just communion. You can live that way every day, all day long, with everybody you come in contact with. Mm-hmm. Absolutely possible, and... Uh, yeah, wow, another show is wrapping up. And I just say I appreciate the gentle nature of, of the clarity that's expressed here and, and the invitation to just 
you know, be aware. That's it. Clear what you need clear, but know that you're at choice. That's always what it comes back to is everybody, we're all at choice. What do you want to create in your life? And so as tomorrow we're going to be heading into the essential nature of living vulnerability. So that is always one of my favorite topics to talk about. I hope you'll come back and join us here on Seducing Aliveness. Tamara, thank you so much for your your words today, your wisdom, (laughs) your examples, your sharing. I, I really do appreciate it. So thank you, and we will be back again tomorrow, everybody. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.